Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Tuesday, September 12th, 2023. I'm Mike Cachopoli. All right, how's everyone doing tonight? We have Tuesday night. Hope everyone had a good day. A lot going on. A lot to cover. A lot to cover. Uh, where are we going to start? Well, you know, so I was at the gym. I like to show off that I go to the gym, you know. So I was at the gym pumping some iron. And it's it's tough because they have on – I often talk about being at the gym because they have those big television screens, right? And it's a San Francisco gym, so they always have on the local – news channels, right? And they have on the closed captioning so you can see what they're saying. And uh, so today I'm watching it. And I noticed, actually, I should go back. So walking to the gym, I noticed a lot of people the last couple of days. And I thought to myself, why are there so many people here? Then I remembered it was the uh, annual Dreamforce conference, you know, where all the techies come in. It's Salesforce. It's run by Mark Benioff. And it's Dreamforce, and it's all the techies, I guess, who work for Salesforce around the country. And they come in once a year and have a convention. And everything, you know, the businesses do well. The ones that are left do well. And, of course, it's impossible to get an Uber or Lyft because it's all expensive. They do the surge pricing because all the cars are taken by the techies. But, anyway, I noticed there are people so that conventions in town. Now, you remember... About a week ago, Mark Benioff said this might be the final year he holds the conference here because of the crime and the homelessness and the dirt and the grime. And so I'm watching the news and I see they did a segment where they went out and they talked to the people who were attending the convention. They went into the streets, men in the streets, and they're talking to the people who are part of the uh, Dreamforce convention. And I'm reading the, the captioning. And every single person they speak to magically says, oh, I've, this is much cleaner than I've ever seen San Francisco. So much cleaner than I remember it last time. Oh, boy. Now the, 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 the bar stations and the muni stations seem much cleaner. And I'm not seeing any homeless people. And there's no crime. And I feel so safe. And all I can think of was that Baghdad Bob video. You remember? Let's go back. Let's go back about 20 years. Boy, maybe eh, 20, 20 years and a few months ago, right? When we invaded Iraq. And you'll remember they had uh, Baghdad Bob, who was one of the, you know, the uh, minister of defense or something for Saddam Hussein. And they had the camera on him, right? And he was talking about how there were no American troops. There are no American tanks invading Iraq. And in the background, <laughs> as he's speaking, we saw American tanks running down the streets. So the guy became known as, I forgot what his name was, but he became known as Baghdad Bob. And that over the last couple of decades has been known as someone, someone blatantly lying. You call them, you know, Baghdad Bob when they're trying to uh, gaslight you, right? And that's all I can think of while I was watching these people talking about how safe and clean it is here. Of course, they could not find one person. Amazingly, they couldn't find one person who was saying, oh, no, I don't feel safe here. or it's dirty or I see people, 
you know, bent over because of fentanyl, or I see tents all over the place. Something that, of course, locals like myself have seen every day of my life here for the last several years. And you're thinking, this is what state-run media is. You know what they were told. Go out there and edit it where you're just going to use the people who said they don't see any problem or that it seems cleaner, right? I mean, they could have spoken to 30 people, right? And 10 of them may have said, yeah, it's great. I love it. And they just used a few of those while the others probably told the truth. Now, whenever we travel somewhere, we all see different things, right? We all see different things. It depends on our experience. So someone can go somewhere and have a great time, and that place in their mind is fantastic. They want to go back. Another person can go at exactly the same time and have the exactly opposite experience. We've seen this just from reviews. If you go on, you look at reviews of hotels or whatever it may be, you'll see that, right? You'll see one person saying it's the best place they've ever stayed in their life. Another person saying it's the worst hellhole they've ever been in. And you look at the date and they stay the same day. So, you know, this is all subjective, obviously. But if you're going to get a full picture of what people think, of what tourists think, of what these techies who, would, who come to this conference think, you would see both, right? I don't mind if there's one or two people that say it seems better than it used to be. But when you see everybody saying that, you know, it's set up that way. It's state-run media. The person was told to put a package together that makes it look, San Francisco look good, okay? That is state-run media. Now, if Mark Benioff just said he's not going to hold this here, we've got the directive from the mayor, if they even needed the directive, because they're all on the same page, that we want this conference here. We want it to stay here. So if we want this conference, the Salesforce, Dreamforce conference to stay here, we have to put a package together, making it look like San Francisco has made great improvements. Now, one thing we also know is when not just San Francisco, but all these other cities, we saw it in New Orleans, we've seen it in Chicago. When a big convention comes in, they'll clean things temporarily. Or when Biden comes in, they'll clean things temporarily to make it look good for them, and then things go back to normal the day after. We've seen this many times. So once again, this is all the government in conspiracy with big tech. <laughs> this is literally government in conspiracy with big tech and big media to paint this picture of San Francisco being cleaner, safer, and a friendly city to go to, meaning, of course, the convention should continue to come here. Of course, that's not the job. This is this is state-run media. This is fascist state-run media. We've seen this before with COVID, right? Where the state-run media pushes the government COVID narrative, whatever their favorite government is. If it's the Democrats, you know, if it's the Biden administration, if they live in a blue city, they're going to push the narrative that, you know, mass work, vaccines work, staying home works, all that stuff. We saw that. We saw the media colluding to censor the truth or dissenting opinions on social media for three years. The same people, these same leftists who often complain about Russia. Remember, leftists used to love Russia. Remember that. Leftists used to love Russia. Bernie Sanders went there for his honeymoon. Okay, So leftists used to adore Russia, um, and now they hate Russia because that's what they're supposed to do. 
they're the ones who are always saying, oh, look at that state-run media in Russia. Those, pe- those poor Russians never get a full picture of what's happening. Putin would never allow that to happen, and that might be true, but the same is true here. The same is true here with the left media. It is fascist state-run media where they put packages together to help the government. That is state-run. That's not – how many times do I have to say this? That's not the job of journalists to help government, whether it's a Republican-run government they agree with or a Democrat-run government they agree with. That's not their job. Their job is to be hyper-critical of the government, even over-the-top critical. That's the job of journalists. So when the government tells you your your city is clean, as a journalist, it's your job to go out there and prove they're lying. And if you can't prove they're lying, then you can say, oh, you know what? We've investigated. It is pretty clean. Crime has dropped. After you are hypercritical and you try to prove they are lying, because most likely, most more often than not, they're going to be lying. Right? That's the job of journalists. Forget it. It's gone. Journalism is dead. I'm quite confident that in my lifetime, it will never come back. It is awful, and it's getting worse and worse and worse. It is the same thing as Baghdad Bob with those tanks going by in the background and saying there are no tanks here. You have people who are being interviewed who are saying things like the city is clean, and by behind them, the city's dirty. I don't see any people doing drugs, and two blocks away, they're doing drugs. Oh, I don't see any homeless, and there are tents all over the place. This is the Baghdad Bob syndrome. And the media puts together these packages. I'm not saying the people who were interviewed were in on it, but the media goes out there and they accentuate the positive and they eliminate the truth. Not the negative, the truth. And that's the kind of thing we get with the media here. I was very upset, so I put out a video on X about this, that this is fascist state-run media. This is exactly what the same people complain happens in Russia. The exact same people complain these things happen in these fascist, authoritarian, dictatorial countries. It's the exact same thing that's happening here. The media here is state-run fascism. That's what we have, period. It's not real news. It is, you know, I don't like to use fake news because that was Trump's thing. But, you know, even a broken clock is right twice a day. And it is fake news. It's not real. It's not the truth. It's not the honest picture. It's the picture they want to paint. It's the same thing these liberals say Russia does. Putin has the media paint the picture he wants to paint to make him look good. It's the same thing. There is no difference, right? There's that old video of like the the Russian news anchor sweating, right, with a gun pointed at his head, right? And that's exactly what they're doing here. It's, it's It's the figurative gun being pointed at the media's head by the left, making them do their dirty work for them. I mean, and it comes on the heel. It's, it's so transparent, right? It's so transparent. The media, though, is not the Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce always tries to put the positive spin on things, right, to get people to come to their city. That's their job. They are selfish. That's what they want. 
right? That's their job. You can understand that. The media is not supposed to be the chamber of commerce for a city, for a government. And that's what the media here in San Francisco and in so many other places are. But I see it every day here in San Francisco, all right? I witness it personally. The media is the chamber of commerce for the government. And they justify it in their minds. It's very easy if you're running a news network to justify in your mind, right? We want our city to do well. We want our city to be seen in the best light possible. But that's not your fucking job. Go work for the Chamber of Commerce. Run for mayor. Work in City Hall. That's not your fucking job as a journalist. And you're running a station and you're telling your journalist to be the Chamber of Commerce for the government. You're not doing your fucking job. You are an enemy of the people. You are an enemy of the people. Be the friend of the people. Do your job as journalists. If City Hall says one thing, you have to prove it's the other. All right? Prove it. Prove they're lying. Do your job. Because most of the time, they're going to be lying. Or they're not going to tell the full story, and it's your job as the journalist to tell the full story. Not put the best face on everything. Not put lipstick on the pig. That's not your job as a fucking journalist. And I'm tired of this. And yes, I'm extra tired of it because I worked in the business in the 90s when there was still some real journalists. It was a transition period. I'm not saying it was the 60s or 70s when the journalism was at its best, 50s, 60s, 70s. I'm not saying that. But it was still much better than it is now. When there were still some people who were real journalists who didn't believe what the government said. If the government, if they called City Hall and City Hall said one thing, they would hang up the phone and go, oh, that doesn't sound right. Not, oh, oh, let's just write what they say, which is what they do now. And it's incredibly sad. It's incredibly sad. And the people are going to suffer. The people will suffer because the people are too naive to know better. So they believe what the media tells them. They tell them the city is safe. It's safe. People will come here and realize it's not. People living here know it's not clean. People here know there are drug deals going on everywhere. People know there are tent cities everywhere. People know there are homeless people lying on the middle of sidewalks in the middle of the day in the middle of the financial district. We know that. Just because the media is telling us it's not true, just because the city might clean up for a week because a convention's coming in doesn't make it true. And the media needs to go out there and say, no, 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 the city cleaned up just for this, but this is the way it usually is. The city is doing this. The city is being nefarious by making it look clean, and then everything goes back to normal next week. That's the job of the media. And I can't say it enough. If we lose a real media, we are done. We are no better than those authoritarian, those fascist dictatorships that these same people on the left cry about and say is so unfair and human rights violations when they're doing the same fucking thing. But it's their side, so they don't care. You see how sad it is? It's their side, so they don't care. So that bothered me today. I can't even work out.
and enjoy myself. It's supposed to be a time where you can just shut out and do everything and, you know, get into the weights and, and relax for a while. And you can't even do that. You can't even do that. I don't think they should have TVs on at the gym. Oh, just show sports, right? Show video. You know what they should do with the gym? They should show that video, that movie, Pumping Iron, 24-7 with Arnold and, and Lou Ferrigno because I can't stand it. They, they, they're always, I'm there usually when the 5 o'clock news is on, and I have to see this crap, and it just annoys me. It annoys me. It's all, and, the, and you know, the screens are all over the place. It's like a clockwork orange. I can't, I can't look away from the, these fucking screens, so I see this happening. I see the bullshit all the time. Even in closed caption, I can't get away from this nonsense. Okay, speaking of nonsense, well, who's getting the new booster? Anyone out there getting the new booster? Raise your hand if you're getting the new booster next week. So what booster is this? I've lost, is it five or six? Four? What is it? I, I lose track of the boosters. So the CDC has, oh, shockingly green-lighted another booster. You know, someone brought up on Twitter a very good point. You have these doctors at the NIH, the CDC, saying, well, we can't, you know, we really, we don't know you. We need more, we need more investigation to see if it helps with pain. We need more time to see if it cures cancer. We need time to see if it really uh, quells anxiety. So they need like decades and decades and centuries of investigation of weed, but a new booster for new variant, ah, give it four and a half seconds. Yeah, it works. Let's investigate it for four and a half seconds and we'll green light it and put it out. How full of shit are these people? How full of shit? But there's way more money for the government to make and big pharma to make on a COVID booster than marijuana, right? That's what it comes down to. Look, this fucking grift, this CDC big pharma grift is going to continue until Ron DeSantis takes office and settles their fucking hash once and for all and totally obliterates the CDC. The FDA, the NIH, get rid of it, dismantle it, defund it, fire everybody and start over again. If you think we need those agencies, and I don't think we need those agencies, do you need an agency to tell you you might get a cold in November? Oh, watch out. It's December. You might get the flu. I don't think we need a fucking agency like that. The Center for Disease Control has never fucking controlled any disease while they've been an agency. Tell me once where they've controlled the disease. Where have they stopped the disease? When? They've only made things worse. So I don't think we even need them. But they're going to continue this money grift because that fucking old, demented, shriveled up prick in the White House isn't going to stop them. He's behind them. So... This is not going to end. We know Trump was the father of the vaccine. He was Mr. Vaccine, so he's not going to stop it. He started it. We know that Ron DeSantis or RFK Jr. will stop this grift once and for all. They'll stop the fucking grift. But it's going to go on until then. And I'll say it again. These people at the CDC, the NIH, Big Pharma, FDA, who have hurt and killed people with this vaccine, until they end up in jail, they'll continue to hurt and kill people to make money. They'll continue to do it. I'll say it again. Until we put them in jail, like we put Nazi prison guards in jail, this will continue. But I am confident that with a President DeSantis, the grift will end. The grift will end. I actually think once DeSantis is president, there'll be no more boosters. He's going to defund it. He's going to get rid of it. He's not going to allow the production 
of more boosters. It'll be over when Ron DeSantis takes over. That's my prediction. Is it bold? I don't think so. Because right now, remember it went from once, it, first of all, this whatever it is, whether it's booster number four, five, or six, do you remember we were told this would never happen? Remember they remember Fauci told us, well, you get the one from the, uh, you, you can get the two from, from uh, Moderna or Pfizer or the one from Johnson & Johnson, and it's done. The virus ends. It can't spread anymore. And then people said, well, fuck, we're going to have to do this every year. No, 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 no. Just the two original or the one. Remember we were told that? One of the many fucking lies we were told just two and a half years ago? And then they said, oh, no, uh, we're adjusting every year. And now they're saying, no, every six months to a year. And if you're... Six months old or older, you have to get it. Meanwhile, in Europe, they won't even give it to 10-year-olds. This is just blatant harm and murder of people, including fucking infants. And we allow it here. To grift, to grift, to make more money for the fucking bottom line. And where the fuck are the progressives? Where the fuck is Bernie Sanders? Another one who's too fucking old. The guy's almost 85. You know, what is this with politicians and athletes? We just saw, what's his name? Aaron Rodgers. He, he played for 30 seconds and he's gone for the year. How much is he making? Is he, what is he making? 50 million to not play? He played for fucking four seconds and he gets hurt and he's gone for a year. What is it with politicians and athletes that they won't fucking go away? They won't retire. Everyone else in every other business, they retire. Do you see any Fortune 500 company that hires someone at 86 to run the fucking company? I'm going to play a video shortly of Ron DeSantis saying such a thing, that 80 is too old to be president of the United States. Of course it's too fucking old. Where else in this world is an 80-year-old, the goddamn elected, the goddamn leader at 80? Where? Canada? France, Italy, Great Britain, where? Just here. Holy fuck, how old are they in Australia? 32? Not they're any less fascist at 32, but still. They're not 80 fucking years old. <sighs> yes, it seems to be this thing with athletes and politicians where you just go on forever. Why? What do they have in common? Uh, you're saying, Mike, what the hell do athletes and politicians have? What do they have in common? Come on. Come on. It's there. Money. Money. Celebrity. Power. They don't want to give that up. Someone has to say, no, you must. Sorry. We got to a point now where we're saying, no, you must. You can't. You can't do it anymore. You can't run the fucking world. You can't throw a fucking football. Go away. Retire. Go away. Like everyone else in every other business goes away and knows when to say when. You got to know when to say when. But once again, it's the bottom line. It's money. It's dollars. Follow the money. Easy money. Easy power. Easy influence. Easy celebrity in this Fakakta country we have. A fucking low IQ morons. Oh, boy. Are you getting the booster number 28? Are you getting the 28 booster number 29, 30? Oh, are you going to be getting your booster in the year 2047? 
for COVID, for COVID-2019 in 2047? I actually hear them. I'll get to the call in a second. I actually see them. I'm not imagining this. They're not saying COVID-19 anymore. They just say COVID or the new variant with name because they don't want people to, to remind people this is like 2019. This is four going on five fucking years now. They don't want to be saying COVID-2019 in the year 2040. So they're just going to say COVID. Because people are going to say, wait a minute, 19? Wasn't that two decades ago? Why are we still doing this? Maybe people might wake up when they think it's been 20 fucking years and we're still fucking doing this. When the 1918 flu, which killed 50 million people, was over in uh, 13 fucking months. People in 1920, 1921, we're no longer even talking about the fucking flu. No one even thought about it anymore. And it killed 50 million people. Because there wasn't fucking media. There wasn't fucking media the way we have now. That's why. That's the difference. The media is the total difference between 1918 and 2020. It's the fucking media. It's the fake news media. That's the difference. All right, I'm getting too excited. Hello, you're on, and let's be heard. How's it going? Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was in the middle of flirting with a chick. I almost, like, said it out loud, but they got this. What the, what the fuck is name is you using, Tony Raha? What name is this? Yeah, you know, I have to use it because certain people on this platform work harder at silencing my voice than they do anything else. And so I have... And you have such a nice voice. It's a good radio voice. I think I've told you that in the past. Know, right? There's nothing wrong yeah. with my voice, right? I have... It's a great voice. I love it. I feel like I can answer some of your questions. <laughs> yeah, it's slightly sexy. I won't get into that, but anyway, go ahead. That's what people tell me. I think they're crazy. When I think I, I think I sound like a surfer hippie, like a Texas surfer hippie. <laughs> you do. It's really true. It's and really true. Uh, anyways, uh, one of the things I have to contribute is that Donald Trump uh, came out very overtly this last week and overtly against vaccine mandates and lockdowns mm-hmm. yeah. and the way that he did it was he is going to withhold oh, i'm telling you that's money. a difficult stand that's a tough stance to take now huh courageous no not not at all <laughs> not not now not now not anymore he should have taken that that would have been a bold stance for him to take when he was president it would have well, been a bold stance to take yeah. now, you know, what how many years later fucking yeah. whoop the fucking do you know what i mean so him and, and so newsom, he, him and newsom continue to agree they agreed back then and they agree now great that's easy no donald trump fast-tracked vaccines through operation warp speed and patted himself on the back for it and um, doesn't that person that i read on twitter have a point where they said the fda the cdc they all need years and years decades centuries to investigate whether weed helps do this or that, but they only need four and a half seconds to greenlight a, a booster for a totally new variant, which has been around for about 10 days. I mean, the hypocrisy is just, it's, it's fucking mind boggling, really is, that people fall for this shit. What I would offer those, instead of withholding federal funding from states that are doing lockdowns and stuff, is to... Uh, take that federal funding and revert it to a protocol that actually fights COVID. 
like giving free NAC to people at their homes. People could just be given NAC. We could be giving, we could be sending care packages to every home in America with that federal funding that actually fights COVID, like organic food to people. We should be sending organic food to people during the lockdowns and during the mandates and all that shit, you know? That's something we could be doing with the federal funding. Instead of just withholding it from them, we could actually use it to help people during that time. Well, only one only one governor did the monoclonal antibody stations. That was DeSantis. No one else did it. No other governor in the country did it. No one. In fact, it was so effective that Biden pulled funding from Florida. You know that, right? That it was going well, the monoclonal antibody stations. And it was going so well, DeSantis was showing Biden to be a liar. So Biden pulled funding from it see yeah, it's, yeah it is uh hypocritical that the people who are trying to block stem cell funding are now the ones spearheading novel technology for healing ourselves but i'll take it you know yeah um but yeah uh i don't think that i think it's kind of like one of those situations where like yeah rockefeller passed out a lot of this is political theater what you have to realize at the same time is political theater Oh yes, and they're trying to divide the American mind along party lines and stuff, and it's it's incredibly effective. Honestly, it's really impressive how well it works. It almost makes me care less about the American public because they fall for it. You know what I mean? Like I could care, I could almost care less about anyone that falls for it anymore. I know. I'm kind of. I'm I'm with you there, man. Because it's like, at this point, if you fall for it, do I even want to know you? It's like if you're wearing a mask now, I don't even want to talk to you. Why? Why should I talk to you? I'm talking to me. If I'm talking to someone wearing a mask now, I'm t- it's like they're wearing a sign that says I'm an asshole. So why would I talk to you? I could feel bad a, for a you. Vaxel, a vaxhole or COVID. we call them cove heads or vaxholes. Yeah. Right. A cove it's, head it's is sad. someone who demands. It's sad. <laughs> yeah. You know, I see people wearing masks. People wearing masks. I think they could be pretty normal people otherwise they look at them you're like they don't seem crazy they seem they, seem they look pretty smart you know but they're wearing a mask so i guess that does that right takes care of that assumption yeah there's also an under underfunded uh vaccine technology called draco that is also rna based and draco sounds uh science yes. fiction. draco uh yeah it actually, they, they managed to cure COVID in mice. They cured HIV in mice. They cured herpes in mice with this. It's incredibly effective. Uh, vaccine. I'm going to try to get a, a link to this guy's yeah, no site. Yeah. It's a double-stranded RNA-activated capsaicin oligomizer, or Draco. It's a group of experimental antiviral drugs formerly under development at, at MIT. Mm-hmm. And so it inhibits a porcine reproductive and respiratory syndrome virus like this could be funded and not once during the entire pandemic or ever other than me. I'm the only person in the world that seems to fucking know what this shit is. And I'm just some, like I said, some stoner uh, surfer hippie from Texas. Why, why am I the only one that even seems to know what this shit is outside of the guy who's running the study? Like, uh, no one mentioned this the whole time during COVID. No one mentioned high, high-end um, ultraviolet light. No one mentioned inacetylcysteine. There's so yeah. many things. I mean, yeah, we mentioned all these monoclonal things and all these other things. There's like a oh, whole they, list they of did, things. They did talk a hell of a lot about remdesivir, which killed people. They did. They talked yeah. about that a lot. 
They were pushing exactly. and uh, ventilators. Really good. Good treatments. Yeah, well, well, really, it did. It well, did put the, people out of their mystery, m- misery. They no longer had COVID. They were dead, but they no longer had COVID. And what was the one? That, what was the dewormer? What was the thing that Joe Rogan was taking? Ive, ivermectin. Ivermectin. Yeah, ivermectin is great. You know, like, it, yeah, it works a little bit, but it's probably not as effective. Oh, I, as ivermectin. I think. I think Bill's talked about it. Ivermectin works for a lot of different ailments. A lot of different mm-hmm. elements. Yeah, it's good for a lot of different things because yeah. not having parasites in your body is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would hope so. Whether you're a person yeah. or a horse or a dog, same thing. Yeah, that's another thing. None of us, none of us want parasites. Parasite claims because yeah. it, I'll bet you that having a bunch of parasites living inside your lungs is probably not good when you're going through COVID. So if America just went through a massive countrywide parasite cleanse, that would, first of all, lower healthcare costs for the entire country. Yeah. And second of all, um, it might make people stronger against COVID if their immune systems weren't sabotaged by parasites. You know, this, like there's so many you know things. What, you know what else you, would cure a lot of ailments? A high colonic for everyone in this country. If everyone in this country got a high colonic, I think we'd be a lot healthier. I'm thinking of getting one myself. Too bad you can't like cleanse yourself of evil people evil politicians evil narratives evil thoughts i wish you could well we can we flush it all out do it actually i was gonna say mushrooms are are a really solid cure to some evils um and if not mushrooms for the individual then mushrooms for the society would make it a lot more difficult for people to do evil things if the people around them had full functionality in their brains or (laughs) at least less damage the brains let's put it that way but like i said when you know the media they shape people and that's the problem we're living in right now the media just shapes everything the media says look the media says san francisco is clean and the people in san francisco believe it's clean the media says you know this new covid booster is a must you must get it and people get it but we are seeing that that's not as true as it used to be. This was the same thing in Israel. Israel was doing the boosters before we did. And we saw graphs. My friend from Israel was showing me graphs where we, with each booster, even in Israel, there were fewer and fewer people getting them. And that same thing's happened here. You can look at that, MN, is the, what is it, the MNRA, um, uh, what do you call it, the stock? And it, it shot up during the heart of uh, of the vaccines, you know, the, the beginning. But since then, it has really flatlined because people aren't getting it anymore. People aren't going for it anymore. Now, I would probably say most of those people are Republicans in Republican states, but it's probably somewhat the case in, in Democrat cities also that eventually people are just going to say, we, we just we're not doing this anymore. I was going to say it's it's also uh, PhD holders and uh, legitimate liberals like myself who are completely unvaccinated. Yeah, but, PhDs. Uh, I think some of the smartest people are not vaccinated. You know, so it's uh, there was that chart was out about a year and a half ago where it showed that PhDs were the like one of the top categories of people who weren't getting it simply because you know they thought well you know PhDs know you shouldn't. These vaccines shouldn't be greenlighted in five and a half seconds. So they, they understand that. They know that. It's just the, the, the dumb lemmings who believe the media and their politicians who end up uh, getting this stuff, which is um, at best does nothing and at worst will kill you. So we'll give you some heart problems for a very long time, very long time. 
much rather have COVID than myocarditis. Much rather have COVID than myocarditis. But a lot of young people got myocarditis. Never got COVID, but they got myocarditis. So Peter McCullough yeah. has, has talked more about that. Anything so else, Brady? I don't expect... I'm, I'm sorry? I'm saying, was there anything else you wanted to cover? Or? Oh, yeah, no, I was just saying that, that, that's about it, man. Um, right. I think uh, I have one more interesting piece of information about COVID, but it slipped my mind. So that'll be it for yeah. tonight. Oh, have a good one, man. Uh, let's go to Andrew. Hey, Andrew, how's it going? Not bad, Mike. Um, I was just wondering, could you remind me what your, what your predictions with uh, DeSantis in Iowa, or was it New Hampshire? You, did you think he was... You, you said he, you think he's going to win Iowa, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, Did now, you, now yeah, we're getting ahead. all these uh, reports from the Trump campaign, including his son, Don Jr., that they're worried now. That All of a sudden, they're worried that there's no ground game, that they might have lost ground in Iowa. But they'll make – see, the media is going to set this up as though – I just read someone said saying that uh, some expert, some political expert, in quotes, said – DeSantis will win and it'll be an upset, but it's not an upset. Trump was never going to win. He was never going to win. This whole, once again, we talk about the fake news media. It's a whole fake narrative that Trump is way ahead. It's an, look, that's fine. If I don't care. What I want, Andrew, is the Trumpers because the Trumpers, the Trump cult, they truly do believe that he's going to win easily. So my hope is that they believe that and they do. I don't think any real political experts or smart people in the business think he's going to win, but they do. They're going to be so devastated when he loses Iowa that I hope they uh, drink the Kool-Aid and and, uh, go away forever. (laughs) Do you think that's why – do you think the DeSantis campaign – did you see the article in Politico? It was like today or yesterday that they apparently were talking to a top DeSantis campaign official who said that finishing in second place in Iowa would be good enough for them. And what do Who you make that? of that? Is it uh, no a one? Top, no one in the DeSantis campaign DeSantis, said that. Well, that's bullshit. Politico, they did. I don't think they just make up quotes because the DeSantis campaign would be. Yeah, but there, who? But there are that, a lot of people who can well, claim it's they're in the quote by the top, a top DeSantis campaign yeah, official because yeah. they have to, to say this stuff on uh, off the record, quote unquote, or anonymously. Yeah, it's the same it, no. thing they pull with everything. So you don't think well, actually... but if you're a campaign person, there's also another angle to that, which is well, set the bar. Is what you make of it, if you think it's even real or whatever. Well, I don't, but I could understand it being real in this aspect. You put it out there, you set the bar a little bit lower, then he yeah. wins, and people think it's a huge upset, right? So that's a, could be a smart play politically. But what I'm telling you is, every single person within DeSantis campaign believes he's going to win Iowa, going away. I guarantee it. Okay. All now, right. what they say to the media, look, we see coaches it's a, do it all the time. about managing expectations. Yeah, we see coaches do it all the time when they talk yeah. to the media. They won't tell the whole truth. They'll do the they'll sure. give an angle that helps their team. Right. Trust yeah. me, so, uh, as a Bears fan, I'm quite aware. <laughs> well, I'm a Yankee fan. It's the worst of the worst, you know. So it's, it's just that's the way, you know, that's spin, which is fine, you know. But believe sure. me, this is I not mean, enough so- I'm not going to be shocked when he wins. I'm not going to be shocked. Yeah. Obviously, you wouldn't agree with that statement, though, right, then, that second place is good enough. You think no, Trump probably second place is first win. loser. First loser. Yeah. First of all, yeah. that's ridiculous. There are really only two major candidates here. So yeah. there's Trump <laughs> right. and DeSantis. So one will win and one will lose. 
<laughs> coming in second isn't sense. good for Trump. Wait, wait. Coming in second isn't good for Trump either. <laughs> so it would seem like a problem, but you know, I, if I remember correctly, Cruz beat Trump in Iowa before. If I'm mm-hmm. remembering correctly, but, you know, it's a different race. Uh, oh, but yeah, but, but Trump Iowa. wasn't expected to win Iowa. In no, I don't think it was the same situation at all. And I mean, no, no, no. He wasn't. They didn't no. have a primary when he was president. So, well, but he, uh, in 2016, he hadn't been he hadn't been the president yet. So, no, yeah, it's, I mean, in it's totally different. It, it's situation. been untested. It's been untested since then because he never had to run a primary. Well, and the expectations were much different in 2016 right. than they are now. You know, people were kind of shocked when Trump uh, rebounded and won New Hampshire and took it from there. You know, but. Uh, that's yeah. Once again, I was surprised to see that article, but I think it might be what you're saying with expectation. Andrew, my my prediction stays firm when Trump finally realizes. Well, he might realize now he's going to lose Iowa, but he wants to. He needs to continue to uh, collect money for his defense fund. But I think once we get later in the year, maybe into January, and it's solidified that he's not going to win Iowa, and his people. Because his internal polling is telling him he's going to lose. He will drop out before the election takes place. He will not. I, I can see that. I can see that happening. Um, yeah, he won't, offic- he won't other... officially lose. He'll never let himself officially lose. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. <laughs> we know that about him. And if he if he does officially lose, he comes up with an alternative theory as to why he didn't. So, um, on the other side of the political aisle, just on the other <laughs> primary. Have you heard what they're going to – the Democrats are apparently doing with RFK and Marion Williamson regarding the votes are going to be redirected from New Hampshire and Iowa to Biden even if – Well, I had – I had the, the – I played the clip last week of RFK okay, Jr. talking about that and saying he may be looking for different alternatives. Well, you know apparently it's going to be decided on September 14th, some kind of formalization. Of yeah, there's some, some kind of rules. formal meeting he was saying is going to take place. But what they want to do is instead of doing the traditional thing, which has been going on for decades, which is have the, you know, like the Republicans are doing, Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, South Carolina. They want to do South Carolina first because that's Biden's uh, best state, right? That's the state that got him the nomination after he lost Iowa, New Hampshire, and Nevada to Bernie Sanders. So they don't want any chance of him not performing great in the first two primaries. Remember, Andrew, it was LBJ who in in 68 won New Hampshire, but only by about single digits and then dropped out because he said, "I, I should be winning. And he was right. That was a statement saying, we don't want you anymore. So they cannot have the same thing happen to Joe Biden in Iowa. So and New Hampshire. And look, New Hampshire's New England. Kennedy's popular there. So they want to start in New they want to start in South Carolina so Biden can have a huge like fifty point win and they can say it's over. That's the Well, I, I've I've heard about that, but the, I, yeah. I also heard that there were was a, an, another whole aspect to it and apparently uh, uh, maybe it's related that I, I'm not sure, but what I heard from Kennedy himself as he goes around talking about this is that the DNC, first of all, hilariously, is trying to consider ways to make Marion Williamson and RFK uh, pay for the Democratic primary process. Because I guess their logic is the Democratic Party's already picked their candidate. We don't even want to have a primary, so why should we have to pay for it? If you want one, (laughs) you pay for it, right? (laughs) Which is just 
unbelievable um, on its own. But then even more unbelievable, he says that they've made up a rule that if any candidate steps foot in New Hampshire or Iowa, that those any delegates they would have received. Right. They're not going to count those delegates diverted to Biden. Which yeah, is just no, of course. the most insane <laughs> thing I've ever heard. How can anybody be a Democrat? If this is, you know, there's exactly two, there's two options. Exactly. Kennedy is making this up completely, right? And this is all nonsense. Or no, how how could you be a Democrat and but this actually is just, believe that any of these people care about democracy? But or this is just kind of- Andrew. This is just one step further than they were already gone. They said that they were not going to count if Iowa and New Hampshire went first. As they say they are, they won't count those delegates. <laughs> they insane. said that months ago. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah it, it's just, uh, you know, it must be that these people just don't know what's going on because anybody that seriously considers, I just can't even imagine being a Democrat believer at this point and not either being completely pathological or completely uninformed. Honestly, because that's why. What are your other options? Yeah, but there are a lot of Democrats that are like that, which is why the DNC can do with it. The Democrats were not morons. They couldn't do this kind of a thing, right? But they know they can pull wool over their eyes very easily. Plus, they have said, they said it after 2016, with the primary is not democracy. It's not fair. It's not a real election. We decide how it goes. And that's yeah. the way it is. They said they that. They maintain that in court, yeah. Yeah, and in court, they said that. That's it. This is our thing. It's a private convention which it is in a way, but the Republican Party has been much more fair with this process. Like I said, believe me, I wish the Republican Party weren't so fair when it comes to Trump now, but they, they're being fair about it. And uh, they're just letting it play out with the voters deciding, which is the way it should be. You know, but the Democrats, we saw it in 2016. No, they weren't going to let Bernie win. 2020, no way were they going to let Bernie win. And they're not going to let RFK Jr. do anything this year. So, but Andrew... Um, Bernie ran within the prime, the party primary in 2016. They fucked him up the wazoo and he ran again within the primary system in 2020. Now, I don't know yeah, why no. RFK well, just going to run like uh, Cornell West as an independent. I don't know why he just, it, doesn't he, he really needs to. And I, of course, well, I mean, it, the whole thing is so pointless. It's not even like you can have some kind of a statement run. There is no run. If you're running as a Democrat, essentially, right. I mean, no, RFK Jr. is not going to win the presidency as an independent. He's just not. But what he will do is he'll royally fuck the Democrats. And that's what they need. They need a royal fucking. You know, they do. They absolutely do. They need to learn their lesson. And so he will absolutely take many more vo- votes away from Biden than Cornell West will. But hey, the two of them combined can take away a lot of votes, and I think that's what they need to do. They need yeah, to do. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I wouldn't even care what votes he took away from who. I mean, obviously, it would be nice to see the Democratic Party get punished, but I would like to see that happen just because you know the Democratic Party's reaction would mm. be to you know try to throw him in jail, let alone stop the fact that he could even run as a third party or whatever, mm. and blame him for you know everything bad that was about to happen, which would just further emphasize the point that this is not a group of people that cares about democracy or the will of the people or anything like that. No, I mean, it's- basically what they're saying is, hey, Iowans, uh, people in New Hampshire, uh, Nevada, we don't, we're going to throw your votes out the window. Fuck you. We don't care what you think. 
That's what they're saying. Right. Plain and simple. Democrats in Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, we don't care. We're not going to count your votes. Well, and we know. We, we own you. Yeah, we own yeah, you. Yeah, and, and we know you're good little peasants and you'll vote for us in November anyway. That's they're saying. Yep. Yeah. A lot of them, uh, in a lot of cases, are they probably are wrong, unfortunately. But yeah, you know, I can't help but think that that number has to be shrinking over time. Well, uh, I'm not a peasant. I didn't vote for Hillary. I'm not a peasant. I didn't vote right. for Biden. I'm not a peasant. I'm not going to vote for Trump either. So, the party does the the people who vote and the party everything the mechanisms the people who vote you do the right thing, you do the right thing, or I'm not going to follow you into the abyss. It's just the way it goes. I'm not a I'm not a cultist. I'm not a party person. You know, I don't believe in those kinds of things. I believe, uh, well, I think the parties themselves are cults, but uh, I'm going to be my own person. So I, yeah, I hope well, you're right. What, right. I hope yeah, more yeah, people are, are becoming that way. I hope so. You know, politics is not supposed to be in the, the objective isn't supposed to be furthering a political party. A party is supposed to be a tool to further a set of interests, and people can agree on what those interests are and form a party. But that's – it's supposed to be in service to the principles and the policies and the ideas and those perspectives, not the sake of the party, which is – I mean, it's, it's stupid to even think that way. I don't even know how you could. Like, But uh, one last thing just on current events, if you don't mind, if you have time, with the impeachment inquiry – how serious do you take this? And what do you think? Uh, do you think they would be doing this, the GOP, if they had control of the Senate and then would have to, you know, actually realistically go through the process of actually impeaching him? Because personally, I think it's a bit of a show just because I think it's the same thing with the Democrats. They may have actually wanted Trump out, but they definitely put on a show knowing that at the end of the day, you don't have to put up or shut up because you've got a staged loss that's going to happen in the Senate. You know, you're never going to actually get this guy out either way. I'm of two so different minds with make noise. Yeah. I'm of two different minds with this stuff, Andrew. On one hand, I agree with you. I think it's kind of a show in a way because you're not going to get prosecuted. It's very political. You're not going to get a prosecution in the Senate, right? But on the other hand, if you believe, if you have enough evidence that shows a president committed a high crime or misdemeanor, it's kind of your job to yeah, go do the process kind of have to regardless. Do yeah, regardless of what the outcome is. Someone put up something saying, do Republicans realize that if Biden were impeached and convicted, we'd have President Kamala Harris. Well, one, he's not going to be convicted. Correct. We know that. Yeah. They're not getting 67 votes in the Senate. Not going to happen. Not going to come close. But number two is it doesn't matter. In other words, because he was shrewd enough when he still had enough brain cells in his head to put Kamala Harris behind him doesn't mean he should get away with being a criminal because Kamala Harris is behind him. Because he was shrewd enough to do that doesn't mean he should get away with crime. Very dangerous precedent to be setting, especially with people like Trump running. Right. Of course, 100%. So, uh, once again, but here's the point Uh, they need to have enough evidence to go through with the impeachment. They can't just say they have evidence, like the Democrats did, and have no real evidence of anything. You know, it's like you have to have evidence of where the show evidence of the high crimes or (laughs) misdemeanors. And then go uh, go through with the with the process of of it, you know. But um, I don't think you know these people are so stupid. I see these people making these ridiculous statements on Twitter. I saw this with each Trump 
um, each Trump indictment, with each Trump indictment, there'd be some idiot on, on X saying, oh, this guarantees he's winning. This, they, the Democrats just guaranteed President Trump. And now I'm hearing people on the left, morons on the left, saying the same thing. Republicans have just guaranteed Biden's winning again. Oh, no, they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't guarantee what anything. The president doesn't want to be impeached, right? Isn't that great? Wait a minute. That's a, did, did the two impeachments of Donald Trump guarantee him winning the way Republicans thought it would? All Republicans thought like that. Oh, my God. This is going to the Democrats are giving him another presidency by putting him through this. No, it didn't. He still lost. So it doesn't people aren't going to vote on president based on political stupidity. Right. They're not going to yeah. vote on president based on who's impeaching who they're going to vote president based on who they think is going to make their lives better. That's what they're going to vote on, period. Yeah, and ideally in a situation that's serious in any degree that you you, you would hope that how it will impact people's votes wouldn't even be part of the consideration. It would just be like you said, it doesn't matter who's going yeah, to become see, president. You just have to follow Because these the people on the left or people on the right, they think people vote the way they think, which is on vengeance, <laughs> right? Uh, Right. We're going to vote on vengeance. How dare, how dare they impeach Trump? How dare they impeach Biden? How dare they indict Trump? We're going to vote on vengeance like death wish. It's not. That's, this is so stupid. These people are insane. That's not the way the majority of Americans vote, period. Yeah, well, and if <laughs> I think that's true, I think they're more focused on actual issues that they would think affect their lives than uh, vendetta. Of but, course. Um, of course. Yeah. You know. In fact, most people think both parties are equally stupid when it comes to this stuff. So it kind of oh, negates totally. itself, right? Totally. It negates it, it all negates everything. They negate each other because they both do this shit. So I don't think one party is more responsible than the other for playing these games. They both play these games. You right. know, so that's out the window as far when they do these exit polls, when they say what issues were the most important, convictions and impeachments aren't there. It's economy it's crime, it's immigration, it's so on and so forth. That's what it is. Yeah. It's not yeah. political gamesmanship that matters. Especially, to uh, you know, this isn't like high treason stuff in any case. With Michael Tracy brought up an interesting point that if the Biden uh, impeachment inquiry revolves around Ukraine, which it's, you know, not that it's plausible considering Hunter Biden, et cetera, that, you know, some like 40% of U.S. impeachments are going to have involvement with Ukraine and like all this weird obscure, you know, they did the same thing with Trump about he was, you know, trying to blackmail Zelensky or something, you know, mm -hmm. over the Hunter uh, Biden prosecutor that was looking into him, blah, blah, blah. But it's just like these are not the kind of issues that really get people upset. You know, it would be <laughs> it would be hard to make me believe that. Yeah, obviously, corruption, that's an issue that people get riled up about. But I think most people, like you said, blame both parties for corruption and think that uh, there's a lot of responsibility everywhere and they're covering stuff up all the time. So what is it that they impeach someone over corruption in Ukraine or some kind mm. of thing? It's not on people's minds. I mean, no, it's not. It's not. Ukraine is not a major issue for most people either when it comes to voting. It's just not. What's happening thousands and thousands of miles away is not. An issue, you know, it'd be more of an issue if we had uh, boots on the ground like Iraq, right? Iraq was an issue. That was a big, a big, you know, a top three when it comes to people, because that was our boots on the ground there. But this kind of thing, we're, we're just sending money. People are really not going to, most people are not going to decide who they vote on based on that. Yeah, yeah I agree.
split with it, right? It's like it used to be, baby, where Republicans were the supposed war party and the Democrats were the peace party. It's not that way anymore. There are neocons on both sides. Both parties have neocons, plenty of them. So that's another topic. I I tried to point out this uh, coming invasion of neocons into the Democratic Party back when Biden won. And, you know, you see things like unfolding in front of your eyes where Bill Kristol is being uh, pals with Democrats. And it's just, of course. It's yeah. They're shaking your head. Yeah. It really is pretty evenly uh, distributed. It's, you know, there's really one group that controls what goes on in America. And it's not Democrats. It's really not Republicans. It's really the neocons, at least in terms of foreign policy. Which, mm-hmm. you know, Americans sleep on that, you know, right. so they don't they don't even really face much resistance. So they, they always win no matter what it seems like. Well, many Republican voters were tired of the neocons like Bill Kristol. So what he did was because he's a slimy scumbag is he used the Trump thing, the anti-Trump thing to sneak into the Democratic side. Yeah, absolutely. That's oh, totally. Doing, I mean, basically. Yeah. yeah. Because Republicans were kind of he, you know, they they he he didn't they didn't welcome him anymore. You know, he he outstayed his welcome there. So he knew he had to do something to stay, um, you know, in the spotlight. So he used Trump. To, he once again, it's the anti-Trump grift, just like there's the pro-Trump grift. Grift sure, was well, on both sides of that. It helps that yeah. the Democrats are so deranged and demented that there's a complete open door policy. You can div- yes. dig up the body of Mussolini. Right. As long as you got yeah. to Trump bad, you know, Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Value, you, know. you know, they did that. Opposition. Yeah, they did, they did that phony Lincoln project, right? Those Republicans. Jesus. Who supposedly, uh, who wait, the Republicans who supposedly wanted to go back to the traditional conservative Republicans like Reagan, and then they get a guy like DeSantis, and they bash him too, because they're full of shit. They're anti-Trump grifters who have joined the Democratic Party. But maybe the Democrats, some Democrats should do a real uh, group that wants to bring back the Democrats of old. You know, I don't know what you would call it. FDR project, LBJ project, FDR project, maybe the FDR project. Just Someone should start that. But a real group, not a gr- not a group on the grift, Real people who want to bring back the old Democrats. Well, you know, that's what RFK says he wants to do, but that's not something you can do in a political presidential election, I don't think. I think that's a long-term project. And I have a personal theory. I don't even think it's a theory. I think it's really just an observation of history that roughly every 80 years, 70 years in America – political parties change the die out or, you know, they're completely replaced The Republican party is an effort of third parties joining forces. I mean, things happen where these parties shouldn't, they're not eternal, you know, that, <laughs> so eventually maybe something I, I personally, I've just been waiting for one of these parties to die. I'm looking at these things like they're just these weak, <laughs> decrepit, cancerous growths on America. And it's like, which one's going to fall off first. Right. And we can maybe replace it. And right well, now, it's looking like to me the Democrats are the one that is closer to really just just disappearing and becoming dislodged. But they're uh, propping themselves up through all manners. But uh, that mechanism. that will not be the case if Trump is the nominee. You see, Trump is destroying the Republican Party, so Trump could very well not. He will Trump if he's the nominee, which he won't be. If he was, would hand the Democrats the White House and the Senate and the House back. And they'd have all three. They'd have total power, right? They'd be able to put in their Supreme Court justices. So Trump, see, that's the thing about Trump, which Democrats love. He is he is propping the Democrats up. 
He's helping the Democrats from total destruction and annihilation. In fact, they could be in full power come 2025. So the Republicans are at that across point two. What do you call the, uh, that, uh, what did Yogi Berra say? Fork in the road, take it. They're at that fork in the road now too as well, right? Where they have to decide, are we going to be the, the, the party of Donald Trump, which is going to take us into oblivion, or are we going to be the party of, of Ron DeSantis? who can lead us into taking the White House, the Senate, and the House. So they have to decide. It's, it, to me, it's real simple. If DeSantis is the nominee, Republicans win everything. If Trump's the nominee, Democrats will win everything. And the Democrats don't deserve to win anything, let alone everything. So the demise of the Democrat Party might rely on what happens over the next few months. So yeah, well, it certainly is going to speed it up if if nothing else. Um, but you know, I I have faith that it's a matter of history. It's a matter of course of history that one one of the parties is going to fall. And I really don't care which one it is. And Democrats are worse now. Republicans were worse when I was growing up not that long ago. And it's just a matter of time before one of them really just becomes completely utterly useless to people you know it's just a matter of which one i really think it could be the democrats but uh i mean you brought it full circle with that comment at desantis and everything so i'm I'm not as confident as you are that trump would be such a disaster for the republicans to run as a candidate just uh because he had won before and you know it's it's not like um no no no. it's the hardest thing barely won and ever since he he barely won all he's done is lose so well i I predicted he would lose to biden and so i'm not well not just him though his candidates lost in 18 and they lost in 20 and they lost in 22 so anyone associated with him anyone he endorsed anyone he gave speeches for anyone he touched anyone he campaigned for he's poison he barely won the electoral college once Eight years you, ago, you, that was you make a strong case. I have to yeah, say, that's but... it. he's a loser. I mean, DeSantis has run, I think, five campaigns and won all five. And the last one, of course, was just incredible. So you got your you decide, you know, you got your team that's won a lot lately and your team that's lost a lot lately. And you have to make kind of decision right. based yeah. on these kinds of the trends. You know, um, I don't know. I believe in momentum. You know, I think DeSantis oh. has great momentum from last year. And the COVID stuff, obviously, you know, so yeah, no, it's, uh, it's impossible for Trump to win. I mean, his numbers are just in the basement, you know, so it's, it's the only thing he could win, which he won't is a Republican primary, but, but that's about it. Yeah. It's, well, it's going to all go very, very quickly. I think it's going to make our head spin. Like you said, it's, I think Iowa really, I agree with you fundamentally. It's a big deal and yeah. it's not that long, really. It's really not that long. Iowa, no, and then so. once, once Iowa happens, they're all like a week with each other, right? It's like a week, after, yeah, another, week another week, and then Super Tuesday on March 5th, including California, you know, so, so yeah, that'll be here. It's quick. It is. It's, it's very quick. It's very quick. And uh, let's put it this way. I believe DeSantis will win all of them. And I think that it'll be, you know, that's what the Republicans need, though, because you have Biden, who's not going to be challenged. You need kind of a, it's better for them to have a candidate everyone can get behind early. You know what I'm saying? Like in March, April, as opposed to May, June, July, because then you have all those months to campaign and raise money and everyone can be on the same page and defeating Biden. It's very important. You don't want uh, a constitutional convention, right? You don't want a convention where in July or August, 
it's decided. That's kind of a dangerous thing to do. So my feeling is if DeSantis can take all the early, if he can win Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, South Carolina, uh, win big Super Tuesday, if, if, if Trump is still in it, but if he's not, then he'll have to defeat, you know, Vivek, which shouldn't be very difficult, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, yeah, the people are going to have to vote and he's going to have to actually win these, these, you know, these contests, you know, so when he does, like I said, if he wins the majority of them by March 5th, I think you'll start to see the RNC and the Republican Party and all the politicians saying, OK, we've had a fair process. Let's get behind them. And then it'll be I think it easy, to, it'll be easy street after that. If DeSantis ran, ran the, the the wiped the floor with Trump on those first primaries like that, I think it's a high likelihood he might drop out, like you said. So we yeah. even need to get that far necessarily. But yeah. yeah, so we'll see what happens. But like you said, four months away, but that'll be fast. It'll be a fast four months. So, All right. Well, let's try to stay safe out there until then, Mike. Stay safe out there, Andrew. Thanks for the call. As always. Yeah. You uh, Bill, I'll get to you in a second. I do want to play uh, this clip of DeSantis talking about age and the presidency. Age has become an issue in this presidential contest. Should voters worry about the ages of President Biden and former President Donald Trump? I think it's an absolutely legitimate concern. The presidency is not a job for someone that's 80 years old, and there's nothing you know, wrong with being 80. Obviously, I'm the governor of Florida. I know a lot of people who are elderly. They're great people. But you're talking about a job where you need to give it 100%. You need, you need an energetic president. And I think that if the founders could, could kind of look at this again, I do think they probably would have put an age limit uh, on some of these offices. I mean, it seems like our leadership class now in Washington – uh, 75, 80, 80 plus years old is, is where those folks are. And I think that I think Americans, if we if, if Biden's the Democrat nominee, I'm the Republican nominee. I think it's gonna be a lot of Americans that are going to want to see a generational passing of the torch. Oh, there you go. I love that shot across the bow at Trump. Right. Basically saying, hint, hint, if it's Trump versus Biden, you got to wash. You can't claim if you're a Republican, you can't claim, oh, their guy's too old because our guy's two years younger, you know. But uh, if you're DeSantis, if you got DeSantis, then you can say your guy is twice the age of ours, you know, and that's a big deal. So you can play that game, right? You can make that an issue if DeSantis is the nominee. If Trump's an issue, the Republicans lose that. They lose a very big uh, uh, part of their ammunition against Joe Biden was that he's too old and out of it. You can't do that, right? Because you got one guy who's out of it mentally more than physically, probably Biden. And you got one guy who's Okay, we could say he's out of it more physically than mentally, although he's insane, like Trump. I think he's also losing it mentally. I, I would not say he's at the point where Joe Biden is mentally, but he's losing it. He's certainly not uh, like lucid like uh, Bernie Sanders. So uh, you want to be able to be able to play that during the general election, right? You want to be able to play it. when Biden stumbles or he says he lies about being somewhere. Or he, he goes to shake hands that aren't there. He calls people up to the podium who died. You want to be able to make that an issue, well, you really can't if it's Donald Trump, who's going to be doing some of the same things and is the same age. It's a very good point that DeSantis is making. Uh, you know, a lot of these things that I've talked about and many of, us, many of us have talked about for months, DeSantis should hit Trump on that. He should talk about this. He's now doing it. But I believe it was always the blueprint to do it this way, to methodically chip away 
at Donald Trump. Not to come out of the gates when he first took it. You know, not to come out of the gates when he first decided to run a few months ago and said, Trump is this, Trump is that, Trump is He wanted to introduce himself. He wanted to talk about his accomplishments. He wants to talk about issues. And then slowly but surely, as we go through this year, he's chipping away at Trump's failures. He's, he's talking about his weaknesses. That, I believe, is was the blueprint they had from day one. Even though many of us were like, come on, go after him, go after his age, go after this, go after, go after the vaccine, go after this. Now he's doing it very methodically, very, very methodically. Uh, let's see. Hey, Bill, how's it going, Bill? Hey, Mike, can you hear me okay tonight? Yes, loud and clear. Here's what I think. RFK could easily do this and cite it. He should be repeating JFK's speeches, like his 1961 speech in front of the press corps. Do you recall what that was about, Mike? The 1961 speech in front of the press corps. No, I don't recall it. About monolithic conspiracy, the, the secret societies that run this world. Oh, okay. I've heard about that one. I've seen it a couple of times. Right. Yep. Right. That's my opinion. I mean, he um, Junior has cited, you know, the transnational corporatocracy. Right, which covers part of that monolithic conspiracy because the intelligence agencies include that. Remember what JFK said he was going to shatter the CIA. Bill, that's a a very funny thing you brought up. All these people on the left are constantly saying, oh, RFK, he's no JFK. JFK was a great president. This guy's a nutty conspiracy theorist. When JFK gave this big speech in 1961 as president about this stuff, which no president has ever done, right? (laughs) You know, but it shows, you you bring up a very good point. These people have no real clue about history of who who JFK was, what he was. Mm. It seems like they have this mythological idea about him. You know, they don't understand that, like you said, that was a very uh, big speech at the time. Yeah, and of course, he said he wanted to shatter the CIA into a thousand pieces, which you have DeSantis and many mm-hmm. people talking mm-hmm. about now. Mm-hmm. And he also financed, or I should say, put in legislation uh, for the silver certificate, um, obviously to try and, you know, bring back the control of the monetary policy to his presidency rather than the, you know, President Wilson Federal Reserve, which, of course, is a private entity that rules. <laughs> it, it's upside down. You know, there's nothing federal about it, no more than there's anything federal about Federal Express. It's a bunch of private banksters that charge us, our government interests for, as Ben Bernanke said now, just basically moving decimal points on a computer. They don't print most of that currency. You know what I mean? It's all interbanking. Right. Uh, exchange of finance. Right. Where they basically move the decimal points along. You know what I mean? Basically. Um, right. Basically, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's that's the root of the evil. Uh, and uh, But it's really whose money they manage. Who? The banksters like Larry Fink and the rest of them, the bunch of Finks like Larry Fink, you know, yeah. they're money managers. They have a lot of power, but the money managers, not the top of the pyramid. You know what I mean? It's the multi-generational, as we talked about, uh, interbreeding to keep the power amongst them. And they fully admit that families that that's, that's, but very few people are willing to talk about that because when they do, they try and deconstruct it and go after them in one way or another, like Lincoln with the greenback. 
uh, he wasn't going to finance the war with the central bankers' money, the European central bankers. They took him out, and they took out JFK. That's that's who are the assassins. You know, I think it's pretty well accepted amongst people who the CIA call conspiracy theorists. Like, we're conspiracy theorists now for citing secret societies, like as if they don't exist. I know. I mean, despite what JFK said, and, you know, this is absolute propaganda, Mm -hmm. you know. So the enemy is within our government, you know. It's who owns our government. That's the enemy. So once we start looking at it from that perspective, and we see who's Trump's cabinet was. In fact, I had a falling out with a lady today who used to be in Colin. She started touting Steve Mnuchin, well, how great he was. I was That's like, holy crazy. smokes. Are you serious? Yeah. How great Steve Mnuchin was? What was, great? Yes. What was great about him? Was just something no, it was, he was a bankster. He was a foreclosure king in California. Uh, let's see, One West Bankster, who bought out, was CEO of One West Bank that bought out IndyMac. And by the way, when those banks bought out those loans from the failing banks, they were guaranteed by the, the um, Fannie Mae that they wouldn't, uh, they'd be backed no matter what happened to them. Do you know what I mean? Our, our government isn't our government. They're just the banksters bailing each other out every boom bust cycle and the big techs, you know, and the oil and gas and the military industrial congressional complex and the technocracy complex that Eisenhower talked about as well that you never hear about. You know, we need to, we always complain rightfully so about these people who are put in these positions we have to start to just maybe come with our own ideas of who we would put in these positions i mean someone's gonna have to full uh, fill these positions right i would i would like to maybe do you have any ideas on your own who you might put in these kinds of positions let's say in the minuchin position someone who's not a swamp creature well i think the obvious easy uh, answer regarding someone who can fulfill a position for Ron DeSantis is obviously our RFK Jr. What position he would put him in, whether it's head of the EPA or head of someone in the CDC or or or, or EPA, I, I don't know, but I think he's an obvious choice, which DeSantis has mentioned. Yep. I think Tulsi Gabbard would be another option. Uh, none of these people are perfect. They all have the None of them are perfect, you know. Yeah, we're well, not uh, perfect people. No, I'm just making that clear. I mean, obviously, Remember, I right, have differences with that. You people. also need people like with like the experience and knowledge for that position. So, right, you, you, to find a perfect person that fits that category is going to be difficult because there's so few people, really, you know, who are qualified. And uh, I think that's part of the problem, Bill, is that there's such a small pool of people to pick from that they often go to the same old, same olds. You know what I'm saying? They recycle people all the time. It's like you need new – maybe DeSantis talks about new energy and young – that should maybe be the case of all of these positions, new, young energy. You know, not just well, the same old, same old, uh, you know, swamp types. I mean, there's people that you can talk to, whether or not they want to do it, they're not necessarily young, but a Colonel McGregor, yeah. Or Colonel Wilkinson yeah. would be good choices, you know. Yeah. They're the Smedley Butlers of today. You know what I well, mean? I could give you, yeah. if you want to talk about NIH, if you want, if you want to talk about CDC director Scott Atlas, right there. Yeah, and FDA could be Joseph Latipo or Surgeon General of the United States. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> th- these are obvious choices, I think, for these positions. Yeah. You know, to have new young energy and not the same old, same old. How about people who were right during three years of COVID instead of people? Yeah, who were wrong? Exactly. That's real simple. Look at the people who were right and pick them. I think that's great when it comes to the medical stuff. You know, so it's just it's a really a matter of, uh, like you say, defeating the deep state. You know, when you get in to the presidency and they tell you, well, hey, you might want to do this, but hey, buddy, you better do that. To say fuck you, have the balls, the courage, to say that, and do your own thing. Yeah, well, of course, the, you know, a stick is easy to break. A bundle is much harder to to break. Um, the more that get in with a cabinet that would be fighting the deep state and taken to the bully pulpit, you know, that they start getting picked off one after another. It's going to be blatantly obvious. And if one can get in a car accident, you know what I mean? Or, you know, some odd thing, but they start going down one after another or family members. Wayne, that would be great. Wayne brings up Scott Ritter. Scott Ritter. Yeah, I think Scott Ritter is obviously a good choice. And, um, and that goes along with Colonel McGregor, Wilkinson. Now, depending on who wants to do it, you know, uh, don't forget, the FBI went after Scott Ritter, and they got him for some type of phone sex trafficking or something. They set yeah. him up yeah, because, yeah. of course, he blew the whistle on the deep state. And, uh, you know, I, he whatever his – you never know what the true story is, anything that's put out in the press anyway. Let's they can get anybody, They can get anybody on anything. Anything, yeah. Anything. They could totally seed your computer with all kinds of crap. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You know. Yep. So uh, I would give Scott Ritter the benefit of the doubt. Certainly he served our country well, being a U- U.N. Uh, weapons inspector, telling the truth of uh, no weapons of mass destruction, and he was the U.S. Marine Corps. Uh, I don't know what officer position he held as a Marine. But, uh, but yeah, and he's out there all the time calling out what's really going down, along with Gerald Salente, Trends Journal, Colonel McGregor. Uh, you know what else? Professor Marsheimer. Or Professor Jeffrey Sachs. Those guys, if you're going to talk about foreign policy, could be working with, like, Tulsi Gabbard, at least as consultants. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I did hear uh, when Elon, not, I'm not a big Elon fan necessarily, but when they and David Sachs kind of hosted this um, freedom of speech kind of thing and, yes, you know, yes. Tulsi testified Remember in front of Congress, yep. and then oh, you remember that fiasco? They tried to ban, they tried to ban RFK Jr. from their freedom of speech inquiry because they limited freedom of speech. I mean, talk about absolute hypocrisy! Yes, because yes. he's telling right, the truth. Right, right, right. So all those people seem to come together, and I remember hearing David Sachs, Elon Musk, Tulsi Gabbard, um, RFK. They were all speaking. Uh, I don't know if it was a seminar that I was listening to something. You may recall that they did. They have all. They do agree with one another on a lot of levels. You know what I mean? And uh, people can say, "Well, Tulsi, you know, she's a military officer in the reserves now, so she's no good." Well, you know what? You got to take the best out of people and then encourage them to do that and more, right? You can't just say, "Well, she's not perfect." Ron DeSantis isn't perfect. You know what I mean? He's, not you know, everyone in the military is bad. It's ridiculous. No. It's just like not every cop is bad. You know what I mean? They're in the system. No, most, and most cops are good, and most military people go in there for the good reasons. You know, a lot of 
young people go in there because, you know, they want, but there are a lot of reasons. One is they want to serve their country. One is they want to get out of their little podunk town where there's nothing going on for them. They think they can become something. They can get free education. There's a lot of reasons for being in the military. There aren't enough barriers. <laughs> it's ridiculous. No, the problem is it's like, it's like Robert David Steele said. Most of the people in the system, 90% are good people. The problem is the, the system not the people in it so much. There are those who are corrupt at the top. Robert David Steele was CIA and uh, Marine, who uh, was the executive uh, chair of the International Tribunal for Natural Justice. Um, How do you get to the top, Bill? How do you get there? Right? Yeah. The top of the yeah. top to get there, you know, there are things that you, you got to compromise. You yeah. got to be a servant to sure. the. Sure. Sure. There are things yeah. you do along the way, you know. Right. So it's. Just, you know, a lot of those people are compromised in a lot of ways. The the question is, how much compromising do we allow, do we take? Right, right. Now, I want to touch on a couple of things you opened the show with and kind of we yeah. talked a little bit. I want to touch on a couple of things mm-hmm. uh, as quick as I can because I know you got a lot of things to, to cover. So I'm going to go back to what you talked about at the beginning of the show and then kind of kind of get into what I put. Oh, shoot. That live chat bumped me out of things I had in there. That happens. Let me see if I reload it. I can remember, but um, well, let me start with what's most recent. Like I cited what are called the Crown Royal Thirteen, the names that I've seen commonly cited for who really rules the world. They're the trans international, supranational, generational families mm-hmm. that try, you know, that keep that circulating amongst them, right. and so. We got the Rothschild, Bauer, but that's another name, Bruce Kadavish, which is the Kennedy family, but they've lost a lot of sons fighting against this thugs of 13. You know what I mean? The, the Di Medici, that's the Italian, uh, big time heavy hitters, along with the Roman Catholic Church, of course. Uh, the Hanovers, Habsburgs, Krupps, Rockefeller, Romanov, Sinclair, St. Clair, War, Warburg, they're the banksters. Windsors, that's the royals. Wow. And, yeah, so, you know, so take it for what it's worth. There may be other names insert there. But this goes along with Dr. John Coleman we talked about when he talked about the Committee of 300. The Crown Royal 13 are above that. You know what I mean? The Committee yeah. of 300 include the banksters. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the politics, a lot of the top uh Politicians. Okay, then, we, okay, who was Osama bin Laden? Uh, Hillary Clinton said, we train the people we're now fighting. So Osama bin Laden, Mujahideen, of course, this goes right back to 9-11. Uh, the Mujahideen were allegedly, quote-unquote, freedom fighters, you know, in Afghanistan, uh, trained by the CIA and financed by our government. Osama bin Laden was their leader, and you can see those press releases and what Hillary Clinton testified before Congress, that became Al-Qaeda and the Taliban, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the uh, Wahhabi terrorist cell is Saudi Arabia, and 15 of the 19 hijackers, uh, as cited, were Saudis. Right. There were no Iraqi hijackers. So we got to clarify who participated in what if you're going to deconstruct and see who the criminals are. Right. You have to get accurate about who they were. There were no weapons of mass destruction out of Iraq. That's why I'm tired of this reconstruction of W. Bush's, you know, persona. It's ridiculous. Right. I mean, the fact of the matter is, we know, 
that uh, Iraq had nothing to do with 9-11. It was total bullshit. Right. There were no weapons of mass destruction. That was totally right. made up. So this whole thing, right. that, and this is done by Democrats, more mostly Democrats, who are resurrecting W because Trump is mm-hmm. so bad. They want to show that this guy was not nearly as bad as Trump. Well, as bad as Trump is, as much as I can stand him, and I hope he had comes nowhere near the nomination, uh, Trump didn't have any Iraq war, okay? There's no Iraq war. Donald Trump. There weren't hundreds of thousands of people killed, American soldiers, women, civilians, uh, children in Iraq killed, okay, under the four years of Donald Trump. So this whole resurrection of W is a disgusting thing, and it really shows how people are just deranged when it comes to, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it, it's ridiculous. The guy was a total fucking idiot, low IQ, he's a moron. This is the, these are the things Democrats constantly said about him and Cheney. He's a moron. Cheney is Darth Vader. He's the most evil entity ever. And now they're being resurrected because of this uh, anti-Trump grift, right? It's ridiculous. People need to remember that George W. Bush was one of the worst presidents in our lifetime, if not the worst. Right, right. Well, he was, he was don't forget, his father was CIA, right? Bush one yeah, was yeah. head of CIA. yeah. Yeah, which so is, you what know, you maybe you can, this is a tangential thing, Bill, but it always bothered me about W. Why is it? Maybe you and I have talked about this. I'm not sure. Why does he have a Texan accent when he's from Connecticut? I've mentioned that, and he went to Yale. Yeah, exactly. He grew up in corrupt kid, and he went to Yale. He's got a Texan. It's a, it's a fake. It's and a fake. None of his brothers yeah. sound like him. Neither did his father. Neither did his right, mother. Right. No <laughs> yeah. one sounds like him. And he's not right. I could see if he was born in Texas. And raised in Texas, but he wasn't. So what is no. with this Texas accent that he I'm from Austin, Texas, five one two. What is this shit? It's <laughs> I mean, an act. They're <laughs> actors, Mike. They're actors. <laughs> yeah, right. You have your answer. It's right there. And I'm a, you know I'm a Texan. I'm a Texan. I'm a Texan. <laughs> it's too funny. It's I've, I've, that's always been amazing to me. That and of course, no one's ever has the media ever talked about that? That this guy makes up this Texan accent? <laughs> I have, but you know, it doesn't get me very far. You know, I'm glad you mentioned it again, though, because I grew up in Connecticut. I'm like, this guy's a total fraud. No one grows up in Connecticut and, and the, with their mother and father with New England type, you know, intonations and verbiage, and develops a Texas accent going to Yale. I mean, come on. You ever see that Michael Moore documentary Fahrenheit nine one one? You ever yeah. seen the Michael Moore documentary, Fahrenheit? Yeah. When the Bushes, you know, the <laughs> Bushes at a golf tournament or something, he's playing golf, and he yeah. turns to the camera and he goes, oh, we're going to find these terrorist killers. Now watch this drive. And then he's... <laughs> fucking God. What a fucking actor. He's so awful. Really. Right. When they ask, well, who were the terrorists? That's, that's what you need to look at. If you realize the Saudi... 15 yeah, hijackers yeah. were trading or, or petrodollar trading partners because the Saudi government tolerates the Wahhabi terrorists. So does our, so do our special forces. We don't go in there with the Saudi special forces, you know, along with the Navy SEALs and say, let's take out the Wahhabis. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Or right. any military effort whatsoever. Because they're actually, you know, the Taliban was known as John McCain's army, actually. They actually serve Believe it or not, well, it's a, it's the banksters that finance both sides of every war, right? Right back, that's Michael Rivera, all words are bankers' wars. There's a great video on that, about 45 minutes, you can find it on YouTube. And, um, 
it's well established that who financed the Nazi Party was uh, European and, and Wall Street bankers. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, along with uh, Ford, uh, uh, the IBM, uh, the Prescott Bush uh, was part of that profiteering off that. You know, the, people forget. You look at the money, follow the money, and right. you begin to realize what's really going on in this world. But, you, you know, with that, with everything, with the CDC, with these boosters. Yes. With the Thank boosters, you. Everything is follow the money. Everything is follow the money. Right, right. Now, I want to mention, I'm glad you brought up the CDC, because in your live chat, you'll see, let's not forget who changed the definition of a vaccine. I know. Right? They did. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And these vaccines and that, don't work. They changed the definition. Yeah. Right. From that which creates immunity to that which creates an immune response. Response. Vague, yeah. right? Exactly. Exactly. No. It doesn't matter how temporary it is or it's yeah, only right. for one variant. It could last a week and a half. It could last a week and a half. Now, keep in mind, Mike, keep that in mind for a second. Put a pin on that. That which creates the immune response. Well, in your live chat, you'll see a list of four professionals in the NIH library of supplements that create a positive immune response to fight infection. Yeah. Everything from vitamins to minerals to yeah. herbs to... Uh, probiotics to uh, uh, amino acids. Um, yeah, it's, uh, and that's what happened with polio vaccine, right? I mean, hey, mm -hmm. Bill, all it did was it, it just it just gave an immune response. People got immunity for a week, then got polio after that, right? No, of course not. It created immunity from polio. That's what a real vaccine does. It eliminates mm -hmm. the disease that it's supposed to eliminate. It doesn't create any immune response where you'll need another vaccine two weeks later. It's ridiculous. This is, you know, but once again, this is the, the, when you can do something like that, you know the American public is dumb. You know. If you're dealing with well, smart people, you could not get away with doing these kinds of things. I, I think it's more Joseph, you know, Gorbel's uh, tell a lie often loud enough. People believe it's mass formation psychosis that Noam Chomsky talked about through the bought media, you know, and so. My brother's a smart cookie, CEO of St. Francis Winery. My sister worked her way up from an ultrasound, uh, uh, x-ray to ultrasound to administration uh, for, uh, you know, in healthcare. They're not, they're not dumb people. It's just they, they're conditioned by the media they watch. They and are. that's they are. true. Yeah. Hey, Bill, you know? I want to do quick, I want to do one more story here. Before. Okay. All right. Well, uh, wow. Okay. Um, can I say one more real quick thing that before yeah, you roll? Um, right. Let's think about what came out of 9-11, which was, let's just for now, although I have my other theories and disagreements, let's call it a Saudi, you know, Wahhabi terrorist sponsored attack, which mm -hmm. is what, of course, DeSantis said he's going to get to the bottom of. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. So who? Okay. We had the Patriot Act, right? Right, which Snowden blew the whistle on, and look where he he is. You know, yeah. we had the Project for a New American Century. Wesley Clark, we're going to take down uh, seven countries in five years. We haven't gone into Iraq. I mean, Iran, but we've gone into all the rest, best of my knowledge, we're just about right. Then we um, we had the Smith Bunt Modernization Act. Uh, which was written into the National Defense Authorization Act. So we've seen this ongoing ratcheting up 
of taking away our civil rights, our rights of free speech even, because, you know, people get law-feared um, into bankruptcy. Right. You know what I mean? Even yeah. though they've committed no crime or they get arrested, next thing you know, they have to hire an attorney, and it's called lawfare. You know what I mean? Uh, people plea bargain, take plea bargains, because they're basically black, blackmailed through the system. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. You know, by corrupt prosecutors, and this is, happens. Then we have right. from the all person, that. The person going after me has more money or funds, and I can't afford to continue to defend myself. I'm then forced to do a plea bargain, right? Right, and oftentimes that's in ninety-four percent of the people in prison never had a trial. I mean, they go after, like Chris Edges said, where when he was asked, "Where are the dissidents? Where are the Martin Luther Kings? You know, where are the dissidents? The Malcolm X?" He says they're in prison <laughs> already. They put them in prison with the omnibus crime bill: three strikes, you're out, and they come up with three easy, simple things like me trespassing, harassing, four legal arrests, four years out in the deep state, basically. You know, but that's not hyperbole. So then. What do we do? That we demonize the Muslims. The Muslims. Wait, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who? <laughs> it's not any race. No, of course it's, not. No. no. It's not any religion. It's not a religion. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. And so you'd see that, and then then we can't be critical of Zionist Jews in Israel, no matter what. I know. It's a hypocr- hypocrisy. Absolutely. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So remember, we're going to talk more about that, but I just yeah, wanted to get that right. in quick. There, there, you know, absolutely. Bill, thank you. I appreciate it. You were right. There was incredible uh, demonization of Muslims after 9-11. I mean, it was just inc- and, and, you know, Bush made it worse with the Iraq war, obviously. Uh, one more thing I wanted to, to cover quickly because I had, uh, promised I would today is, uh, well, I read today on Twitter, actually, that Tony Weiner, not Scott Weiner. Now, Scott Weiner is the Weiner I talk about here in San Francisco. He's the he's the San Francisco pervert Weiner. There's the New York pervert Weiner. Remember Aunt Tony Weiner who was sending pictures of his dick to like 15-year-olds um, and went to jail for it? Well, now he has the nerve. It's amazing. It's really amazing. Once again, oh, <laughs> the nerve to come out and criticize Ron DeSantis for not wanting to allow boys to hang out in girls locker rooms right because maybe because anthony weiner probably wants to hang out in girls locker rooms that i can get you know tony weiner wants to hang out in girls locker rooms maybe showing them you know pulling his pants down and instead of showing a photo doing it in real time but he has the nerve this is this is the (laughs) the, this is the moral compass for the left tony weiner tony weiner now we also know that a poll just came out recently which said 70 percent of u.s adults say transgender athletes should be allowed to compete only on sports teams that correspond with the sexes they were assigned at birth. You're not assigned to sex at birth. I got to, Daniel's not here, so I got to pick up the slack for Daniel. You're not assigned a sex. Someone doesn't say, you're a, it's, like, it's like you're assigned a blue or white team. You are, your chromosomes, your chromosomes tell you the xy the two x's remember those things we learned in science we know democrats are absolutely the party of anti-science we saw this during covid but here we go again covid you know climate change whatever it may be they're the party of anti-science not the party of science they often beat their chest say they are and we're all right-wing neanderthals um this is the party who thinks that you know cloth masks will stop a virus or whatever um 
but so what we're seeing is these 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 people on the left who all of a sudden are like the 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 uh, the the, uh, the people who are supposed to be the the morally superior to the rest of us and tell us what's morally right and ethically right. Like there's any real world where a boy should be able to be in a girl's locker room, where a girl should have to be exposed to a boy's genitals in their locker room. Okay. Um, of course. Wiener doesn't care about this. This is a man who sent cock photos to 15-year-olds. So why, why would... Of course he believes that boys sh should be in girls' locker rooms. He's a pervert. So living out his fantasies through these scenarios. But this is the main thing. And now this also... But this isn't just one perverted legislator. This isn't one sick, twisted, triple-A Sicola pervert. We also have laws like here in California. I think I may have talked about this in the past, but now it's back again. Um, where if you disagree with your child's gender identity, you could risk losing them, right? Meaning if your child comes out and says, oh, I'm this or I'm that. I'm a boy, but I think I'm a girl. I'm a girl, but I think I'm a boy. And you disagree with that and you try to stop them from being insane, you can actually lose them. That's what they want to legislate here in California. Where if you don't support your child's uh, psychosis, the child can be taken away from you. This is what we're dealing with. So this is not just one pervert in New York. It's not just a couple of perverts. What is it with politicians named Wiener where they're all perverts? The founding fathers should have put that in the constitution. If your name is Wiener, you cannot be a politician. It would have been, we all would have been much better off for that. But anyway, I digress. It's not just one or two perverts. It's policy. It's legislative bodies in the state the size of California that want to legislate this kind of idiocy. In a state where they now want to, they're very proud I think I mentioned this yesterday, that we're the first state in California here to have a transgender history month. Transgender history it goes back eight weeks. Transgender history month, where it should be called, of course, you know, psychological disorder awareness month, mental illness awareness month. It really is in many, many ways sick out there and getting sicker. But the problem is, like I said, it's not just one or two pervert wieners <clears throat> out there. It's entire legislative bodies and governors like the hair gel king of California who want to make this stuff into law. Scary, dangerous people. All right. I there's something else I wanted to cover. Uh, there's a couple of things, but I think we're going to I think we'll wait till the next show. I think we'll wait till the next show. Um, I don't think there's anything pressing right now. I do want to say that uh, I won't have a show tomorrow. I want to have a show tomorrow because I'm, I'm, I have an event to go to, and it's going to go probably late into the night here uh, in San Francisco. So I'm not going to be able, and I might have a few uh, libations. So I don't think I'm bad. You know, I'm angry enough when I'm not drunk. So I don't want to come on here drunk, although it could be fun, right? It might be fun if I come on drunk. I don't know. Okay, but we're not going to have a show tomorrow. So my next show will be Thursday. Okay. And it's kind of a weird week. I won't have a show Friday either. So just Thursday will be the next show and the last show for the week. So Thursday will be Friday. You understand what I'm saying? I usually do film reviews on Friday. I'll do a film review on Thursday. Okay. And my film review on Thursday on the next show 
should be Thursday night, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern, will be Dumb Money. Remember, Dumb Money is the film about the uh, GameStop stock, which you remember when Sky High made millions of dollars for regular people and lost uh, hedge fund people billions of dollars. Bad. It's called Dumb Money. And so I'll be seeing that and I'll be reviewing that on on Thursday night. Okay, so the next show will be Thursday night. There'll be no show tomorrow night, Wednesday night. All right. Okay. The name of this show is And Let's Be Heard. And until Thursday night, this is Mike Gachopoli reminding you that your influence counts. Use it. <laughs>